0: Good morning. It's good to be back. You know, I, don't, I get here different times, uh, different intervals, and it was two weeks ago I was here, and uh, I think, and then I'm back at Easter, and so uh, I'm, I'm liking being with you uh, a little more than sometimes I get to. Um, I want to start our Galatians series by uh, telling you about my wife. My wife, it sounds like a weird way to start, but it, it's a good way. My wife's name is Linda. I call her Lynn, and she's one of my spiritual heroes. And the reason I'm telling you about Lynn is because she so clearly grasps the primary message of the book of Galatians so uh, Lynn is an introvert and uh, she's not an upfront person at all she doesn't like to be upfront I could I don't think I'll ever get her up front to co-teach with me like some of the other wives do. I just don't think that'll happen. But she has an incredible uh, spiritual foundation and an incredible impact. She has, uh, again, she's my spiritual hero, one of them. She uh, has helped us raise our kids. She's helped me and, and done most of raising our kids to be followers of Christ. She is impacting our grandkids to be followers of Christ. For 27 years, she has... Um, done this program called Moms Morning Out, and most of the uh, women leaders in our church have gone through that as they've been young moms, whether they're working or not, and uh, has had a huge impact. Probably the greatest testimony to Lynn's faith foundation in her life is that she's still married to me after 42 years. That is probably the case, and I have probably stretched her and caused her to grow more in Christ than any other thing God has ever put into her life. Lynn grew up with all daughters, all, uh, all sisters, and they were not adventuresome. And then within days of her starting to date me, we got into the adventure mode. And I'm going to tell you a couple stories that you may have heard before, but it's okay because it's, it's, it's important to this beginning of Galatians. So uh, second date, second date, first date was a picnic. You know, I just went, bought some sandwiches, and we had a picnic. You'll notice most of our dates were low cost. Um, Second date was simply a hike around Backbone Lake. And so we're hiking around Backbone Lake, and it's beautiful, but it's like this time of year. And uh, uh, Lynn's saying, Dave, we don't walk on the lake because, you know, the ice isn't solid. And like I'm going, no, it's solid. It's like, feel it. It's solid. Come on. So we walk all the way across the lake on the far side, and I fall in. I break through the ice and I fall in. And I don't know if you've ever had this situation before, but uh, when you try to get out of the ice then, the other ice around you crushes down. And so I'm having a great deal of trouble. I'm in there a bit. You know, I don't know whether it was a minute or three or four minutes, but I was in the water, totally wet, and so she finds a stick uh, uh, and she like helps me come out. Now I'm in this wind, this cold wind, and like I have to walk about a half a mile to the car. And, like, my clothes are literally freezing. I mean, I don't mean they're cold. They're actually freezing hard. And so my jeans, I'm, like, walking stiff leg because they won't bend anymore. My underwear has frozen to me. Um, my coat is frozen. And I get to the car, and, like, my arms won't bend, my legs won't bend because I've got these frozen clothes on. So second date, she has to help me get out of these clothes into some clothes that I had in the trunk. Then I, I can't drive. I'm, like, totally Cold. I can't drive. She has to drive home. The heat's up all the way. And she accepted a third date with me. (laughs) After that, fast forward a couple years, and we're taking our four little kids to the park. And again, I'll show you how this fits together. So we're taking him to the park. When Jer is two and a half and Ben is almost a year old, we have twins. So we have four kids in diapers. We're taking him to the park. Ben's probably one and a half years old at this time. And I don't know if you've ever seen these swings where there's a center pole and then there's um, a, a pole across the top. And then at the end of the pole across the top are two our swing at each side. Have you ever seen those? Some parks still have them. Not too many. Um, and then what's fun about it is the kids can swing on the poles, but then you can spin them around the center pole, right? And then there's centrifugal force. So when you spin them around, they actually, instead of hanging straight, they go out, right? And you spin faster. So Lynn's saying, Dave, Ben's not strapped in. Jair's not strapped in. Be careful, be careful. And the boys are saying what? Faster, Dad, faster. You've been one of those boys. And so I'm like just ripping them around that thing. And then Ben comes loose. <laughs> 30, 40 yards, he's flying. And then you hear the thud. (sniffs) The first thought in my mind was, Lynn's going to kill me. (laughs) The second thought is, I better go pick up Ben. So I go pick him up, and all the wind is out of him. So he doesn't make a sound for 30 or 45 seconds. He's just like, no sound. And then just to hear him cry was so good. And Lynn stayed married to me. After that, because of the book of Galatians. One more story, and this is the worst one. I told Lynn this morning I was going to tell these stories as a part of my intro, and she smiled, gave me a hug, and said, well, just tell them I could tell them a whole bunch more. (laughs) One morning, I get up, and it's shortly after we've moved our family to Cedar Falls, and I'm building a, a youth ministry, and I'm out of balance. And, like, I'm working way too many hours, way too many nights. Our relationship is totally stressed. And one Monday morning, I get up. And I uh, realize this is the Monday I'm leaving on a mission trip for 10 days. And as I put my suitcase on the bed and I start to pack my clothes, I realize I've never mentioned this to my wife, Linda. Four elementary kids, and I've forgotten to tell her that I'm leaving for 10 days. She has no clue. I finish packing the suitcase. I, like, carry it upstairs. And I say, Lynn, I've forgotten to tell you something kind of important. I'm leaving this morning for 10 days and I need a ride to the church. Silence. Not a word. Not a word. Drive over to the church. Silence. Not a word. I say goodbye, Lynn. Not a word. Where I am in the boundary waters, at that time, there's no phone uh, connections. 10 days, I'm thinking, I could be going home to an empty house. I could be going home to a family that no longer lives there. I could. And so, I, I actually, we were driving a bus. I drove a bus home. I uh, uh, I got a ride over to my house, and I went in. And Lynn comes over and gives me a kiss and a hug and says, Welcome home. Now, how do you live like that? How do you live like that? It's the message of the book of Galatians. It's the message of the book. Here's the main message of the book of Galatians. We follow Christ by understanding and receiving God's free grace rather than obeying God's love. We are free people. And um, how did we get free? We got free because we understood what Jesus does for us every day. Many of us, here's why we're teaching Galatians. Here's why we chose Galatians. Because when I ask many people in our church, how are you doing in living the Christian life? Or um, are uh, are you a Christ follower? The most common answer is, I'm trying to be. Or I'm working hard at it. And um, a better answer is, yes, I've received the love of Christ, and I'm free to live. And and we we want to talk about this. Um, uh, So what Lynn told me later, she was thinking about, was not that I deserved a welcome home. I did not deserve it. But what she told me later was she kept reflecting on how much God loved her in spite of the fact that every day she doesn't deserve it. And so we get up every day and we say, we understand, if we we know the book of Galatians and many other places in the New Testament, we say, God loves me so much today that I am free. I am free from sin and shame and brokenness. I'm free to respond to God. Out of love, it ought to be almost impossible to come to church without a smile on our face because of here we focus on the Gospel of Christ and what the spirit's doing through that gospel rather than following a set of laws or rules when we follow a set of laws or rules, it makes us leave um, the gospel of christ so let me um, oh let me let me say one more quick thing so If we're to focus on the gospel and being led by the Spirit, then what are the laws or the rules of God for? One thing they're definitely not for is so that when I follow them, God will love me more. The Bible never says that. And most of us believe it. If I write a check that's big to the church, God will love me more. If I take a pie over to my neighbor, God will love me more. If I um, forgive my enemy, God will love me more. Bonk. Thanks for playing. Wrong answer. That is not the Christian faith. The Christian faith is in Christ when he died and I came to receive that in crossed faith. There's nothing I can do to get God to love me more. He's already heaped all of his love, 100% of his love and his forgiveness on me. So what's the law of God for? The number one purpose of the law of God is to help us understand we need Christ. We can't live up to this law. That's the number one purpose. I keep running into it. The pastor Paul says, uh, every time I try to do what I want to do, I never do it. And when I know what I don't want to do, I'm always doing it. And so the number one purpose, the second purpose of the law is a ceremonial Old Testament purpose that it points to the coming and sacrifice of Christ. The third purpose of the law of the Bible is morally it helps us stay safe because God gave us instructions that would make sense in this life. But one of the purposes of the law is never to obey it so God will love me more. But yet, that's the top purpose many of us in the church think the law has. Okay, so let me, uh, let me uh, open to Galatians 5. Uh, uh, I'm teaching 5 and 6, and uh, then Alice, Tim, Ed, they're going to come and teach different chapters. Chapter 5. It is for, we have a scripture on it. We have a slide. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm, then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Verse 2, mark, mark my words. I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourself be circumcised. Okay, circumcision was uh, something that was part of the Jewish faith. And when they became Christians, they were trying to put that on the Gentile Christians. And so the church was trying to say, you get to be a Christian, but if you want to be with us, you've got to follow this other set of rules. Paul tell you that if you let yourself be circumcised, follow this set of rules, Christ will be of no value to you at all. You try to get salvation, you try to become part of the in crowd by following rules, then he says you're turning your back on the gospel of Christ. Because all there is is Christ on the cross, crucified for you. And God the Father loves you with incredible love. Again, I declare to every man, Paul gets kind of wound up here. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. The message of Galatians is it's not Jesus Christ on the cross plus our obedience to the law. That's not what it is. That's not what the faith is. The faith is simply Jesus Christ on the cross and then it's God's love heaped on us as we cross that boundary and put our faith in Christ and then we don't have to follow rules. We get to be free to live in the Spirit. Okay, so one of the theologians said, fall deeply in love with Christ or God and do whatever you want. Because have you ever noticed when you're deeply in love, think about those of you married when you had a spouse. I didn't, when you were courting your spouse and you were so in love, you didn't need a list of rules of what to do. Well, some of us might have needed more help than others. Um, We didn't need a list of rules because that love drove behavior, right? I just, I was so amazed when our son Ben, um, uh, actually Aaron's parents are here. I was so amazed when he started courting Aaron and dating Aaron. We saw Ben doing all kinds of things that we never saw him do before. Get a drink from the kitchen, you know, open a door. I mean, whose son is this? Well, it's because he was in love, right? He was in love. Um, So he says, be in love with Christ. Okay, but the faith we eagerly await through the spirit of righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision, following the law or not following the law, has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Okay, are you with me on this? Okay, now we're going to go over to a, a page here, sixteen, verse sixteen, uh, uh, Galatians five sixteen. So I say, this is Paul, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the evil of the sinful nature. So let the Spirit live in you, live through you. Let your power be by following and um, submitting to, surrendering to the Spirit of God. And then you will not gratify the natures of sin. Don't follow the list. Don't worry about the list you have. Forget the list. Give your attention to the Spirit of God. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, so that they do not, so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. It's so much easier to live under the law. It's so much easier to have like a list of do's and don'ts. Don't get drunk. Don't tattoo your body. Don't do this. Don't do that. Do this on Sundays. Don't do this on Sundays. But the problem is when we put our focus on that, we miss the joy and freedom of living in the Spirit. And, you know, there's all kinds of examples of this. When I was about 14, 15, 16, Orchard Hill Church wanted to keep Kmart closed. And lots of churches, not just Orchard Hill. Wanted to keep Kmart, uh, this is like years ago, because they were breaking the Sabbath. So I literally, one Sunday, carried a picket sign in Kmart's um, parking lot uh, because I thought they were breaking the laws of the Sabbath. And they shouldn't be open. That was not a great move. That probably was not, I, mean, I can't say for sure, but probably not led by the Spirit. It was more like we have these rules. Uh, I have, a, I have a, a, a friend whose son plays for the Chicago Bulls. Uh, my friend's name is Kevin Corver. He's a uh, pastor in Pella. And uh, his son was the only Chicago Bulls player to um, not have a lot of tattoos. And the reason was his son grew up in a church where they taught that you wouldn't put images on your skin. That's just not something. That was a law. That was a rule. And now he's playing with the bulls. And like there, if you know, they're like tattooed everywhere. And Kevin said, i learned the most amazing thing. You want to get close to a guy. There's nothing, nothing right or wrong about circumcision. There's nothing right or wrong about tattooing. It's about living in the spirit and loving God. Kevin said, and he taught me the most amazing thing. It's like, if you really want to start a great conversation with a person who has a tattoo, ask them about it. And he was telling me these great conversations he's had with the Bulls. And so I, I married a, a guy uh, two summers ago um, uh, who was like part of like a motorcycle gang. And um, all of them had tattoos everywhere. And I go, I'm going to try this. And so I did. I go to a big biker guy. And I'm going, what's, what's, what's this tattoo here on your arm? And literally, a tear comes down his eye. He goes, that was my grandma's favorite rose. And when she died... I wanted to remember my grandma. I went to another guy. You know, he's got this saying on the back, uh, 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 you know, on his shoulder, they were getting uh, dressed in their tuxes and stuff. And I said, what's that saying? He goes, well, I had a professor in college and that was his favorite saying. And I wanted to never forget it. So I put it on. You know, it's so easy for us to have things we do and things we don't do instead of being led by the Spirit. Um, 22, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Fall deeply in love with God. Allow a Spirit to live through you. And don't worry about the law. Love God with all your heart. And do whatever you want as long as you're doing out of love for Christ. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited and provoking and envying each other. Now, this is complicated, though, in a church. right? It's complicated. As a teaching team, we talked about how sometimes we're trying to help you by making lists of things you should consider doing. And so we're actually a part of the problem. Um, When I teach on giving year after year, I'm saying, you know, there's a lot of value value to um, writing big checks for God, for tithing, for giving. I'm, I'm teaching that, right? But I have to be careful that I'm not saying, or you're not hearing that um, that's how you get God to love you, because it isn't, because you have the total love of God right now as you've crossed that faith in Christ. And on and on like that. Now, why do we do these things? Why was Linda waiting after 10 days? Because her focus was on the incredible gift of love that you and I receive every morning. Every morning we get up, we have a clean slate, and the Spirit of God wants to live through us, and we get to live this way. Um, And it's so complicated because two people in the seats right next to each other in church, one can be doing actions, Attending Bible studies, giving money, volunteering time, playing in the band. One can be doing it as a love response to Christ. And the other one can be doing it, the exact same actions, to try to earn God's love. And so the only way we can get at this message of Galatians is look inside ourselves and say, what is the motivation that's causing me? Do I understand and that I totally have the love of God in my, in my life and he loves me? And he loves me. And if I do, and I would say, uh, for uh, many times, if if you want to be more intense about faith, what you focus on is you focus on the love of God has for you, the sacrifice He made for you, and the Spirit that's living through you. Okay, so there's a band. Uh, the band's name is Gunger. Uh, last year, if you were at the Leadership Summit, Gunger did a couple of the concerts. Gunger is uh, one of a growing number of bands that um, is not just a band, but they're starting a church. Gunger's out of Denver, Colorado. Gunger is, um, they have church every Sunday morning in the basement of a building. And uh, they pray some worship music and then one of them gives a devotion. The reason I know this is uh, about three of our kids from Orchard Hill Church, including uh, Brandon Dirks, who was one of our previous worship leaders, goes to Gunger's church. And, so, and a lot of our people who uh, travel and uh, are overnighting uh, on a Sunday in Denver, Colorado, because the kids go there, they tend to go to Gunger's church. And there's just i don 't know if it has a name, but I call it Gunger 's church well gunger 's this band who 's trying to honor God out of freedom um, by just serving him and so i 'm going to have uh, we 're going to play a song and a video of Gunger that 's based on uh, galatians five one and so I want you to watch this and try to let the message of the video and the song uh, see, sink in as best as you can um, and the 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 name of the song is you make beautiful things. Okay, take a look at this. True spiritual growth in Christ doesn't come by primarily following rules. It doesn't. It doesn't. Spiritual growth in Christ comes by focusing on the gift of God in Christ and then letting the Spirit live through me. And then I can choose to take that old picture that I have of myself, of who I am, and just wad it up and throw it away. Because I am the ever-living, never-dying son of a heavenly father who loves me. That's the message of Galatians. You are free. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Stand firm in that freedom. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you'll not gratify the desires of sinful nature. One more thing I want to bring to you. Uh, it's like from chapter 6, and you may have read Galatians many times, and I pr- think you've probably missed this. And uh, because we're so free, we're free to love people, we're free to love our neighbors, we're free to respond in Christ. And then uh, I think six two says this, Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Okay, so I got that. I think we've got a continuum slide we can put up. Uh, one more slide, I think, when it gets up there. On one end of the continuum is um, carry each other's burdens, 6-2. Then 6-5 says this, for each one should carry his own load. And so on one, let's be free and live for Christ and let's carry each other's burdens. But then Paul and the Bible are so amazing. And he said, but wait, there is a time where each one needs to carry their own load. Sounds like double talk, doesn't it? Well, so then if you do a biblical search of what the word burden and load are, that's where it brings clarity. Burden is an amount of weight that would crush an individual. Load is an amount of weight that can quite easily be carried by an individual. So how do I know when out of freedom I should um, help out my kids, and how do I know when out of freedom I would ask them to tow their own line? Right here in in the sixth chapter it says we should be free to carry each other's burdens, but it's not right to carry each other's loads. And so in the church, when we need to help a family, it's when there there's a burden that we're, now sometimes we just out of love we can just help, right? But if we're trying to think what's the best way and then the lever and one of the one of the guys already this morning previously said, Well Dave, are the generations is, is each generation moving this lever further and farther towards this amount of weight as a burden? And you know, we could all those of us who grew up a long time ago, you know, we used to walk to school uphill in the snow both ways, all that. You know. But the idea is where is that line? between helping someone cuz that's what Paul says live free so that you can do this so that you can carry each other's burdens when when a load comes on that would crush a family or a person i can just picture us getting under there with the person and helping carry it but sometimes there's a time where like pe- people will grow more if we let them carry the appropriate size load and that that's the that's the question when is when But I'm just so glad that God's word is so clear that there's a time of both. So we live in love and freedom in response to Christ. Okay. Uh, I want to partner with Mike and say, uh, pick up a bookmark. Uh, 960 folks in Orchard right now get these morning emails. And if uh, you're not one of those and you'd like to join us, tomorrow morning is uh, Galatians 1, 1 through 5. Uh, I'll pray. Father God, thank you so much for your love. Thank you for... uh, your grace and mercy. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the message of Galatians that we are free, to be free in Christ, and we're to live by the Spirit. Father, it's my prayer that we would uh, not try to grow by following a set of rules, but that we would try to grow by surrendering ourselves to you and your Spirit and what Christ did. And as we sing worship songs, Father, could these songs help us with that process? In Jesus' name, amen.